With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. The FCPA Compliance Report is the longest running podcast in compliance. Engaging a wide variety of compliance-related guests and topics. Each week, Tom Fox brings you the top commentators and information which will inform your compliance program going forward. Join us again for the top podcast in compliance, hosted by the voice of compliance, Tom Fox. The FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series I'm doing in conjunction with the Azevedo Sete law firm, which is headquartered in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The series is entitled From the Unthinkable to a Culture of Compliance, and it deals with issues important to U.S. companies and other companies doing business in Brazil. In this fifth and concluding episode, I visit with Lucas Bianchini, and we consider environmental compliance in Brazil. This special five-part podcast series on From the Unthinkable to a Culture of Compliance is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and today I have with me Lucas Bianchini. And today we are going to explore environmental regulatory regime in Brazil. Lucas, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you, Tom, for letting me participate with you here. Lucas, I was wondering if you might be able to tell our audience a little bit about your professional background. Well, sure. Uh, thank you once again for the opportunity, and I'm sure we have a pressing matter to discuss. I hope your listeners will enjoy my Brazilian perspective on the matter. Now, well, back to me. I'm a Brazilian attorney associated with Azevedo Sete Advogados. We are a very renowned and traditional full-service law firm in Brazil. I'm located in Sao Paulo, and I have been dealing with environmental compliance for quite some time now. Uh, I believe these matters will only become a never more pressing issue. Right now, our work is also focused a lot on performing risk assessments and conducting investigations. I also have a background in international trade and WTO law and also competition law, which allows me to, let's say, connect all these areas of practice and work with companies in very different countries. Uh, for example, I've had the opportunity to work with the WTO in Geneva. And also, most recently, I spent a few months in Africa, in Angola, uh, where there are some multinational oil companies and they have to address their compliance programs at a global level. So I'm just happy to join you today and I hope everything is good on your side as well. So Lucas, uh, when Americans think of Brazil, probably the first thing they think of is the Amazon. The second thing is literally the size of Brazil. Brazil is the fifth largest country in the world. You have an unbelievable coastline. Uh, in addition to the rainforest, you have extensive agricultural and ex extractive um, uh, businesses for mining mineral uh, literally across the country. Um, so with that size and scope in mind, I was wondering if you could tell us the framework for environmental regulation in Brazil. Yeah, those are some very important points. I mean, Brazil's focus on the extractive and agribusiness industries certainly raises some red flags when we think about environmental compliance. Now, 
Uh, Brazil has a very complex legal system protecting the environment to the point that sometimes it may be discouraging for companies that are not used to a culture of environmental protection. The Brazilian constitution itself already establishes provisions protecting the environment and provides for the civil, administrative and criminal liability of both entities and individuals. And here, I mean that not only companies themselves are subject to civil, administrative and criminal liability, but also the company's officers, the board of directors and, let's say, any employee which concurs to an environmental crime. Now, uh, Brazil adopts a system of strict liability in which it's not necessary to illustrate the company's intentions for sanctions to be imposed. For example, uh, polluting, having animals killed under the company's oversight or damaging the environment may lead to penalties, even if the company uh, caused the damage involuntarily. Companies are also liable for environmental damage caused by subcontractors. So strict oversight on their actions turns out to be very important. Uh, now, the obligations that relate to the conservation of the environment are extensive. Some simple examples are obtaining licenses for activities which may affect the environment, preserving native forests within rural properties. Uh, there's a prohibition on polluting. There's a prohibition on killing and harming wild animals. There are rules regarding the generation and disposal of, let's say, toxic and solid waste, and so on. Now, uh, regarding the sanctions themselves, you may have administrative sanctions, and they are usually applied through fines or, let's say, a suspension of an authorization, which may range from an approval to construct to a license to operate. Uh, these administrative sanctions are applied by a wide range of Brazilian agencies, and those are at the federal, state, and local levels, and they are all connected through the Brazilian National Environment System. There are also criminal and civil sanctions, and those are applied by the Brazilian judiciary, so they depend on a lawsuit followed by a conviction. Sanctions applied for individuals may range from, let's say, simple things such as providing services to the community, to even imprisonment, and companies may be subject to fines, to prohibition to contract with the administration, to uh, the company may be suspended from performing activities, and so on. And finally, uh, regardless of the sanctions applied, the company will always have to be liable to identify anyone affected and to repair the environmental damage that it caused. Uh, as you can see, Tom, uh, working in activities that impact the environment in Brazil is not an easy task, and companies have to take special care in assessing the risks involved in their operations. Lucas, following up on that last point, uh, what companies need to do, what do you suggest in terms of best practices for complying with Brazilian environmental regulations to, say, a U.S. company that might want to come down to Brazil? Yeah, for sure. Well, since we have so many regulations, one can only ask, what companies can do to mitigate such risks, right? Uh, to answer that, we need to talk a bit about enforcement and how enforcement agencies work in Brazil. Uh, on one side, enforcing all regulations depends on a massive effort by the administration, since the territory is so vast and companies may be operating in remote areas. It is widely known that we simply don't have the number of officials to do the job. Uh, this enforcement also depends on the focus that each administration gives to protecting the environment, and at least at the federal level, the current administration is said to be loosening the grip. On the other side, since enforcement is carried on so many levels, there is a serious corruption risk arising from contacting and engaging with such authorities. You might have a problem, let's say, uh, with an employee paying a bribe in order to secure a permit. You have a 
problem of uh, payment of a bribe to prevent the imposition of a fine. So companies should employ special care in their contacts with government officials. Also, upon the prosecution, Brazilian courts will always assume that companies are aware that their activity presents a risk toward the environment and that they should have adopted adequate measures to prevent environmental damage. So there's a lot at stake and, and what can companies do to prevent these things from happening. First of all, well, we always say you have to assess your risks wisely. And evaluating the activities performed by the company is critical in assessing such risks. For example, are we drilling oil in Brazil? Are we a mining company or are we trading timber? The question here is to which environmental regulations am I subject to and how do they affect me? What are the risks to which I will be exposed should we fail to abide to such regulations? And what licenses or approvals, and trust me, there may be, there may be many of them, must I obtain before beginning to operate? Now, assessing the risk of corruption is obviously related to that and also requires mapping each and every contact the organization and its employees may have with the authorities. As I noted, the risk of corruption is very high when facing enforcement, so this topic should be taken with special care. You also have to directly assess what risks the activity poses to the environment itself. So are we dealing with toxic or material waste? May there be wild animals in your property? Or are we operating near a river or the sea? Now, at this point, uh, most companies think that they will simply implement an internal procedure in order to reduce the probability of harming the environment and be done with it. And what they keep forgetting, in Brazil especially, if, I guess, is that the impact of non-compliant conduct or even the occurrence of an environmental disaster may result in a huge environmental impact and may have a very high impact on the company's operation itself. I think our key takeaway here is assess the risk correctly. Mapping correctly such risks of environmental damage, corruption, and compliance with legal requirements to operate in Brazil is vital. Now, apart from assessing your risks, you must obviously focus on prevention. You should implement an effective anti-corruption policy, and you may create strict procedures for employees to contact and engage with authorities. You always have to keep in mind the concept of strict liability applying in Brazil which is companies may be liable for environmental damage they did not intend to cause and also by wrongdoings performed by subcontractors. Because of this, we always recommend performing third-party vetting of any type before contracting and including anti-corruption and environmental clauses in all contracts. I mean, the final goal here is to create a culture of respect towards the environment and design procedures which are actually effective at preventing environmental damage and now designed merely to comply with the regulations. Lucas, in addition to the massive anti-corruption enforcement actions in Brazil over the past few years, unfortunately, we've had some catastrophic environmental catastrophes. I don't think there's a less strong word we can use. What are some of the key lessons that not only you've drawn from these disasters, but how you are using that to advise your clients to comply with, in a proactive manner, uh, Brazilian environmental regulations? Yeah, I'm sure disasters is the correct word for it. As you are aware, we had some very tragic events, and they should, let's say, at least serve as lessons for the future. Not only in Brazil, but those can spill out for on other countries as well. And here I would mention the two most recent and let's say worst ever mining dam disasters in Brazil, which are the Mariana disaster in 2015 and the Brumadinho disaster in 2009. And these were the cases where the tailing dams collapsed 
discharging an enormous amount of mud filled with myelin tailings, causing huge environmental impacts and resulting on death of, let's say, hundreds of human lives. The cities and where the mining dams were located were destroyed, and the soil and the rivers were contaminated with toxic mining tailings for miles and miles. And Tom, those situations, they clearly demonstrate the difference between an effective compliance program and a paper compliance program designed only for the show. They also demonstrate the importance of companies developing a culture of environmental protection that prevents disasters, mostly when the company's costs and profits are at stake. I think our key takeaways for our clients from those situations are, first, do not underestimate environmental risks and always utilize modern technologies and prevention methods. Second, adopt adequate surveillance procedures and take them seriously. And finally, uh, the company's officers and the board of directors should always be involved in decisions which affect such risks since, well, they have an obligation to oversight the company, right? And let's say, should all things fail and they might, the company should be prepared to act fast and to respond efficiently through a crisis management procedure and committee. They should engage with Brazilian authorities and local families affected by the disaster right away. Uh, they also should mind the reputation of risks involved in that, of course. And if necessary and applicable, they should execute a business continuity plan. We believe those takeaways can help us prevent further environmental disasters and also keep the uh, company's operations going. Lucas, uh, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if any of our listeners wanted more information on you or your practice uh, at the law firm. Where could they go? Well, sure. Uh, if anyone needs more information, let's say, about Brazilian authorities involved in enforcement or regarding the applicable laws, and if you want direct information, you can look up IBAMA, which is the Brazilian Environmental Institute, and also CISNAMA, which is the Brazilian National Environment System. You can, of course, reach out to us at Azevedo Sete Advogados. Our website is azevedosete.com.br. Maybe it's best if I spell it out. It's A Z E V E D O S E T T E.com.br. And you can always contact me directly on LinkedIn. I'm registered as Lucas Bianchini, and it should be quite easy to find me there. Lucas, this has been a fascinating review of not only the overview of Brazilian regulatory uh, scheme for environmental, but really some of the most current uh, disasters and the lessons that you've drawn and you're advising your clients on. I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Well, thank you, Tom, for inviting me to speak, and I'm sure listeners can relate to at least some of the situations in the U.S. as well. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special five-part series I'm doing in conjunction with lawyers from the Azevedo Sete firm in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm going to link to their website in the show notes, so if you need any help in Brazil, check them out. I hope you will join me again for another episode. This special series has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.